welcome to the Great Exposure Podcast. I am your host, Tanner Sigfort, owner of a booking agency called Groove Booking. I created this podcast to feature all of the incredible artists I work with, and through our conversations, getting to know them, plus providing info on the music industry. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Alrighty, welcome to Great Exposure, Brian Wilkinson. We're out here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but you can say we are out here because you live out this way currently as well. Totally, we're neighbors. I know, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, Because everybody, oh gosh, everybody that's been to the uh, podcast out here so far is like, you live out here. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, but we're out here already. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I love it out here. I say it every podcast, but I really, it, yeah. I really do. It's, it's so nice that Phoenix is close enough to get that big city vibe. But out here, we're like almost in the country. Yeah. Nice wide aisles in the grocery store. It's really nice. <laughs> are they are they more narrow in, in busier cities? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the more expensive the real estate gets, the narrower, yeah, there you go. The narrower the, yeah. the aisles are. So I don't have to even say excuse me in the grocery store aisle. I just I just <laughs> I actually just run. I just sprint yeah. with a cart. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that guy so in a hurry? Yeah. Um but anyway, so um Man, we've known each other for how long now? It's been a, a little over, actually, probably close to right about a year. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so you moved back, or I'm sorry, did you live here before? Or this is your first time out here after living in Florida. No. So my family has been out here for something like 16 years. Okay. So as the story goes, I was born in LA, and I grew, but we moved to Idaho when I was younger. Graduated high school out there, and shortly after I graduated high school, my parents were like, yo, we're moving to Arizona. And our whole family was in a position like, yeah, we're going to go with you. So we all migrated out here, and all of our extended family from Los Angeles migrated out here too. So I have a pretty big extended tree out here. It's nice to have, you know, family around and everything, so. Yeah, no, that that is nice. Um, Are you, do you have brothers, sisters? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got uh, I got a sister up north still in Utah, mm-hmm. and then two younger brothers here in Arizona. Awesome. So, yeah, we hang. That's cool. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> uh, but when you were in Florida, you were making a living playing music, and, oh, yeah. and that was in what yeah. part of Florida? So I lived in Fort Lauderdale, uh, and so if you don't know, you know, Fort Lauderdale is to Miami what Scottsdale is to Phoenix, right? That's it's a like great kinda, example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I lived in Fort Lauderdale, and I went out there on a contract playing okay. music. And then when that contract ended, it was like I got so much work that I was just like, all right, we're just going to roll with this for a while. Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah. Um, you you didn't give up the heat, but you did give up the humidity. Oh, yeah. However, yeah. this week has been not great humidity-wise in the state. Right. Yeah, but it was nice. You know, You're like, after oh, it the, feels like home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was nice after the hot summer, man. It's been like crazy. Yeah, it's been so, bad. Yeah. Uh, but so we were talking earlier, and I wanted you to save it for when we were recording. Um, you were saying that playing music out here is quite a bit different than in Florida. Yeah. And I'd love yeah. for you to explain why. I just love hearing how the music business varies 
um, as a professional musician in any state. Totally. Yeah, it's very different. Uh, I think anywhere you go, you get a sense of community among the people who are working musicians in the area. Mm-hmm. It's almost unavoidable. Like you, you need to know kind of what's going on, who's who. It's really part of our livelihood to make sure that, you know, that we're relying on each other in one way or another for income. Right. You know? And so you do kind of get a vibe for everything. And um, growing up on the West Coast, um, the communities, you know, on the Western United States are more familiar to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I went out to Fort Lauderdale to play music and it was, um, you know, it, it was a good opportunity. It was more money than I'd ever made in my life. Uh, but over time, I started to realize that, like, from the ground up, from, you know, being a part of the arts as a young person up, that I, I'm more resonant with West Coast culture as far as, you know, uh, music goes. I feel like people get me out here. Uh-huh. Like, they get a few songs in, they're like, oh, I can... I can probably tell like what he was doing when he was younger and right. who he was into and you know all of that but out there I felt like there was a whole different thing going on you know when those musicians were younger but I, you know but truthfully man what an experience I was doing five or six nights a week out there mm. you know it's very fun very you know lots of cool things going on but at the end of the day I always could just kind of felt homesick yeah yeah area. so yeah. What age was it when you moved out to um, to Fort, Fort Lauderdale, and were you playing music professionally at that time, or did yeah. you start playing music there? So the, when I really started making music, or sorry, making money in music was in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So my first kind of experience of, oh, I'm making a living with music was in Arizona. Right. And it was with an agency that I worked with out here that actually shipped me out to Fort Lauderdale. And that was when I was 35 was around the time that I moved to Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, is it is it a beachy vibe there? Yes. Okay. It is beachy. But I have, I take um, issue with super metropolitan beachy areas. Because uh-huh. I feel like the city almost disrespects the beauty of the beach. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in a way... It's like, man, this is so beautiful. And then you turn around and like, this is so opposite. <laughs> right. And so I always felt like, you know, any super big city on the coast, I'm always like, man, I wish I was in just a small beach town right now. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So. Um, but as far as where you've played music professionally, I apologize if I missed that. Um, has it only been here and Fort Lauderdale? You, to a certain extent, yes. Okay. Now, in the context that we're talking about this, in mm-hmm. the gigs that, you know, you book and in that context, yes. But I've been making money, not necessarily a living, but making money uh, with music for 25 years since okay. I was 18 years old. Okay, so you were you were making money in some form from the age of 18. Yeah. And, yeah. That, and that was still gigging? No, so... It's kind of an interesting story. I'll just take you back. When I was 18, I just had it in my mind, like, I want to start a recording studio. Okay. So from about 18 to 24, I had been, I started this little studio in Idaho out of a basement. 
Oh, this was in Hi- yeah, Idaho. Okay. In Idaho. And uh, it was actually super successful. Oh, good. It was really successful. I had lots of people come and we were recording. We had a community. It, it was great times. Um, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know that I didn't know what I was doing. People were like, oh, you're so good. You know, but it's, you know, in a place like Idaho, they don't really have access to a lot of people that are very, very good, you know? So right. I was like, but we had so much fun. And the recordings that I have during that period were so charming. And I developed some great lifelong relationships through that. Um, but there was something within me that was like, if I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, I'm in, I'm, I need like another experience. I need like, I need some education. I need some, a bigger network. And that's, um, you know, it was, it was kind of sad, but there was a point where I was like, I need a bigger city, you Mm -hmm. know, I need more, you know, stuff. I imagine Idaho is in a huge music town state. Not huge. Okay. But Boise, Idaho, Mm -hmm. as Joe Rogan says, yeah, don't tell anyone about Boise, Idaho. Cause it's amazing. It really I haven't is heard him very, say that. very cool. Okay, and it's it's a very well kept secret how cool it is. And there's, but it's getting a lot bigger, like everywhere else in the country right now. Right, and there's actually gigs like what we do, starting to happen in Idaho, because hmm. it takes a pretty big city for it. I think to be worth it for the service industry to be like we want, you know really high quality musicians on a regular basis. Right. It needs to be pretty metropolitan for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, And so at that time, there was really nothing like that going on. Uh, Yeah. Um, It's funny because I've heard similar things about uh, Boise and how it is kind of this hidden gem. I've kind of heard the same thing in general. Don't tell anyone. Don't don't, don't, shh. (laughs) Um, All 20, 30 listeners. They're going to invade Boise now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I I just, I have heard that, I mean, Idaho's gorgeous. Like, yeah. And I don't think, climate obviously matters to me. Like, if I was ever to be like, okay, Arizona's just literally too hot to live in, which I felt that way this summer, uh, and I need to move somewhere. Yeah. Well, Colorado would be number two for me. Uh, however, it's pretty pricey there. Yeah. So Idaho might be a good third option. Well, a lot of people are thinking that. Are they? About Boise right now. Yeah. They're growing exponentially. It's pretty crazy. But it is like mountainous and... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So in downtown Boise, 30 to 40 minutes away is a ski resort. Is that... um, Like, yeah. Tell me what it's called. Bogus Basin. Yeah. Oh. And it's amazing. I used to live right at the the uh, the base of the hill to go up there. Oh, really? Yeah, there's this place across the street called Hawkins Packout. It's the best burgers you ever had in your life. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Is Sun Valley there? Yeah, Sun Valley is, is a couple hours away from Boise. Okay. So That's yeah. the one I knew. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I need to go to Idaho then. Yeah, we used to we used to drive to Sun Valley to see these indie punk rock shows that were just amazing. Yeah. I remember there's this one punk rock show with a band called The Deviates. Do you remember The Deviates? Uh-uh. Yeah. Dude, it was so awesome. Just in this like little bar, we we drove all the way to see them. It was so fun. 
That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, so you're settled here now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, we got hooked up through... Maybe you reached out to me via Instagram. Or maybe I, I, I might have reached out to you. Because I remember that Shining yeah. Star Entertainment posted something. Because I think you started working with them first. Um, mm-hmm, and those... Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm blanking on their names, but they're wonderful girls. Oh, yeah. Um, that and I company. knew I worked with them before I went to Fort Lauderdale. Oh, you did? Well, I worked in that kind of like network, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing a video of you performing at some country club, I think, and I was like, who is this guy? Like, yeah. The song selection was excellent. Yeah. You s- sound fantastic. Oh, and, I was, and I was still really growing um, my artist list at that time. So I might have reached out to you, if I remember correctly. Um, and ever since then, we've uh, we've stayed pretty close. For sure, yeah. And most recently, I've had a few different artists uh, be interested in switching over to the DJ side of things, how I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, I did that a few years ago. I didn't switch, but it was just another avenue to dive into. And uh, you expressed interest, and you have been the only one thus far that has actually committed <laughs> and are now yeah. playing gigs. Yeah, DJ Wilkes, what up? DJ. Yeah. I like the name, though. Yeah. How was that? I mean, we talked about it, obviously, several times, but like, how has that experience been for you, switching and adding that to your talent? You know what? It's actually been super refreshing. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, doing acoustic gigs for years and years and years, or like you know, just solo gigs where it's up to me and my my voice and my guitar to push the energy in the room. To have an outlet where I can you know still you know support my income and be able to push the energy in the room in different ways. It has felt really good. I'm like, yeah. wow, this is fun. Like I'm dancing right now. You know, exactly. you're, I'm getting me dancing, which is fun. Cause you know, um, especially in my younger years, I think before I really, you know, before I was developed more as an artist, I was pressured a lot to like bring more energy, bring more energy, bring more energy. I think that evolved into now I am bringing a very more, um, you know, focused artistic vibe, which I don't get pressured as much now to be like, bring more energy because I think it just, it fills the room, like the vibe that I bring. Um, but to be able to now bring that higher energy element and make money off that higher energy element, I've been just having so much fun with it. Yeah. So, you know, the one thing that I found was I got to introduce so much more music that I listened to for enjoyment yeah but i got to add that to the job part of it so like one of my favorite bands is the 1975 well oh yeah uh no band that i've ever been in plays the 1975 or would it maybe even work um at a lot of places that we play full band live music right yeah but now like the 1975 has kind of crossed over to be a pretty well-known like pop rock band oh, yeah. in the States. And so now I could throw in a song or two during a DJ set. Maybe they're remixed, maybe they're not. And, and that's why I have personally had so much fun with it because it's like, that's what I would put on the car or at home to listen to. That's just one of many examples. But 
now I get to do that at my gig. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I can kind of vibe up there. And like yeah. you said, you make yourself dance. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is dope. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's been super enjoyable in that way. And then and then also just, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can, uh, you know, give your opinion on this, but it certainly isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be oh, yeah. on the job. Yes. New respect found for DJs and the yep. focus that it takes to like really execute a good night of music. Yep. Um, yeah, don't sleep on, on DJs. You know, they, they really, I, I have a new respect specifically for the focus that it takes. So, yeah. I, I never thought that it was push play. There are yeah. certainly DJs that can do yeah. push play. Yeah, yeah. But like you and I, who are actively mixing and just have a general song list or playlist or library, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Because I don't, I kind of go off of um, playlists and, and crates, depending on what it's called, yeah. the software you're using. But I, I think I kind of do what you do. Um, in the way of like, I just put them in BPM order. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like, yes, I have way more of, let's say, 110 to 125 BPM than I do 95 to 100. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's still fun and a challenge to pick the right song coming up next to match to what's currently playing. Totally. Yeah. So my way of doing things that I got better at was you have your song that's playing. Yeah, yeah. You have your song that's coming up next. But to even be two steps ahead of the game, yeah, yeah. I then have the third one at least queued up, or not queued up, but just highlighted to where once that first song of the three is done, oh yeah, I can load that and then figure out a transition. How you're going to get there. Yeah. yeah. And maybe I think too deep about that. I mean, I'm not, by no means am I a crazy, technically great DJ. But coming up with different ways and unique ways without it being, especially too clubby, right? Yeah. Because we're not using clubs yet. Totally. That's the challenge. Yep. I I totally hear you. And so much of it is about song selection, right? That like the art of song selection, you Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that's what we're talking about for this upcoming weekend. You're you're playing yeah. at uh the pool. <laughs> yeah. And I just been telling you like basically yeah. like hey, it, this is quite a bit different from where you've been DJing at Social on 83rd. Yeah. And um but I, like the skills are there. Yeah, the skills are there. I got to tell you a story though. So, I one of my great friends I was like, "Yeah, so I started DJing, you know." And she was like, "Well, where are you going to DJ?" I said, well, I'm, I'm playing at the Westin by the pool. She says, oh, you're going to be that guy? And I'm like, yes, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy, and I love it. I love being that guy. I don't know what that guy is, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's that guy. You're that guy. I'm like, I've been that guy for like 20 years now. You know what I'm saying? Like, so don't that guy me. I'm that guy. I mean, but, but hear me out. <laughs> Weston, Kierland, Scottsdale Plaza pool, who I book for, is much different from like 
talking stick pool. Okay. That's like... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and there's yeah. like like smoke cannons going right. off and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like super it's, hype. It's not quite that. Yeah. Um, it's it's very fi- family friendly and uh, just it's just fun music. But, but yeah, the more overall songs that you have to pick from, the easier every single gig gets. Yeah. Because cause now you have thousand two thousand who knows how many songs in your library and i mean we can all kind of stick to the same sort of stuff like i think you should have house you should have old school rap hip-hop you should have (laughs) some country but like but there are certainly djs that just specialize in one right and that's great. If if you can be busy and, and successful doing just that, that's fantastic. Yeah. But I think for us um, in the community that we're playing music in, you just have to be so incredibly versatile. Totally. And there there, there is a lot of strength and versatility, especially, I think, in the next 10 or 20 years of the music industry. Versatility yeah. is going to be a cornerstone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, genres keep mashing like i there's almost not specific genres anymore right like your top yep. 40 it's so all over the board you have you have country coming into pop and pop going into country and yeah um what's that example that i was going to use was that uh oh this was months ago maybe last year my wife and i were on spotify driving home and there was like a special featured playlist that said top top 40 or most popular songs from each country. Yeah. And it was very interesting that like the most popular genre, no matter what language, they might have different scales if it's like Indian music or German music. It it sounds like eclectic and and what you would think that you would hear. Yeah. But it's all very much hip-hop based. Yeah. Yeah, well, it certainly has taken the influence you know what i'm saying there is there's a very strong statement that's been made over the past you know 40 years with hip-hop and i'm actually very grateful for that influence on world music you know and and i feel like it's been it's almost impossible not to take that influence at this point mm-hmm. yeah so it's the digital age yeah <laughs> take it roll with it yeah. yeah i've been listening to a podcast called tape notes you ever listened to it heard of it um nope okay no uh i found it randomly the other day but there was quite a few artists on there that um i had been interested in and basically they're like hour and a half long podcasts that dive into um with with the artist and some of the producers on the album yeah they dive into everything from how it started with um, voice recordings on your phone to full demos and how it how it progressed and, and evolved yeah. along the way. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times, like, I'm going to keep on the 1975 theme, but the 1975 was on it. Their drummer, George, uh, is their drummer, but also mainly their producer and writes. Yeah. And he was like showing all these demos and you could hear how the song was there but they would always ask like oh is this you playing he's like no this is keyboard drums yeah and you can't even tell anymore yeah 
but but then that that also heightens the um, importance of a producer, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, there's you know there's different things going on. You can't really tell. Which some people would say, oh, well, this is all now cheating. Well, not exactly, because now producers, there's so many sounds to work with. Yeah. Like, it still is respectable to be like, bro, you put all of the right sounds together to create that. Rather than, because usually it's just a room and some instruments. You know, it's very limited. And don't get me wrong, I really think that there's beauty in limitation. I agree. Right? There's beauty in like, this is all I have to work with and I'm going to create something with it. But there's also a new respect to be given for even though so much of what's happening in, in music is emulated... Mm-hmm. there's still, I think, beauty in like picking those right sounds and understanding the, the, you know, the landscape of sounds enough to put them together in the right way. So, yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, even, even using just the human voice and then manipulating and, um, I guess manipulating is, is the correct term, but yeah. the sound of it and, pitching it up and then putting this filter on it and whatever else yeah it's used as an instrument so much more now um and that's been that's been used on a ton of more electronic stuff than um ever before (laughs) hi puppy yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah that's uh and 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 i want to use that as a transition to your own album that you've been recording this year. Oh, yeah. So let's take a short break, and then we'll come back and talk about your album. Okay, sweet. Cool. Yeah. So, welcome back. Uh, Hopefully no more barking. This is just part of the podcast at this point, so my apologies. Until it's mobile, I have dogs. Uh, Do you have a dogstagram? I don't. Oh, man. You should. They'd be famous. I hate... I don't hate, but I dislike social media enough and I don't <laughs> like, I know it's an addiction to most people. Yeah. It's not something that yeah. I want to take any more of my time and I mm. share enough of my dogs on my own. Yeah. Don't you have people that, that run the Instagram for groove booking? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Luke, um, just recently moved back to South Carolina and he, was pretty much my assistant your guy yeah um fantastic dj just great guy in general he's only like 23 24 years 23 years old i think just super responsible but but anyways he uh he still takes care of nice the social media because i don't want to touch it i mean i do what i need to do but like as far as creating the graphics i'm like i don't want to do it yep i would love to find someone else to do it I mean, I have to pay him, obviously, per month. It's not like, hey, bro, can you do this for free? Yeah. <laughs> but but to have quality yeah. content that looks professional yeah. and it's all about how your feed looks, right? So when yeah. you open an Instagram page and it's your three by three. Yep. Yep. When I was doing it, it looked very cluttered because mm-hmm. I was just doing like the clip art thing on the Instagram story and then transferring it over to posts and it's just, i mean it's just like it's very yeah. confusing when you look at it and he's done such a good job of just cleaning it up and it's like a good variety of like pictures and a feature of an artist and yeah and now the podcast post and um this week's gigs and oh yeah it, it 
it it makes me feel better about <laughs> what yeah. I used to open it and be like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media is hard, man. It is super tough. It's like you understand the toxicity of it, but for people like us, how essential it is. You know, that's it, it is tough. But I truly believe that the the kind of the way that social media will evolve over the next ten or twenty years, like we're the guinea pigs. Right, we're the internet age guinea pigs, and it will evolve, I think, in a positive way. I'm getting deep on you over here. Well, no, I mean it, the yeah. the AI thing is always worth talking about because yeah. I went down a whole rabbit hole the other night. This is like four a.m. for whatever reason. Four a.m. is like the time I wake up every morning, and then I like sit there for thirty minutes and then go back to sleep. Yeah. But I had seen a YouTube video about AI in general. And it might have been about the new Twitter X. And I was like, how dangerous or potentially dangerous really is AI? And it's been talked about on other episodes about writing music and how you can now... The deep fake is probably most scary. Uh, Number two, the voice... Mm -hmm. What would you call it? Voice emulator? Voice emulator, yeah. That like, But you combine those... You really don't even know what's real or fake anymore. True, yes, you're right. I think visually it's very hard to tell what's what's fake, but I'm going to tell you right now. And I'm I'm only, I'm only going to say this once. <laughs> In a thousand years from now, a thousand years, there will still be a high demand for music made by humans mm-hmm. to be listened to by humans. There is, a, there is a place in our world that will never, ever be replaced by AI. Will it change things? Yes. But it is not going to take the place of some very, very key parts of humanity. Guaranteed. I, and I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> you believe me? And I hope. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> However, a thousand years, I don't even know if we're going to be here. Okay? Well, okay. True, true, true. We might be blowing each other true. up by then. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then AI really doesn't matter, you yeah. know? Yeah, true. We true. just just reset planet Earth. Um, yeah. But the most important thing to realize with AI in any direction, a human currently still has to code that Mm -hmm. for it to then be able to respond to you yes right so is that actually intelligence that's the question it's a combination and it it, it can be that can that question can be left open-ended is it intelligence do we know yet i don't i don't know well i think i think the goal of ai is to meet in the middle right and and help it help you right yep but the moment if it's possible for ai to start learning from itself that's where the problem exists yes i feel like we could we could go for hours on this but i'm going to tell you where we're going to know the answer to that is in quantum computing Mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying like i feel like we're getting off topic here if we go down that rabbit hole but oh i see what you mean like, like it's very deep. Where, yeah, where, where, where you know, technology is actually f- making free will decisions, is and, and the <laughs> mysteries is in quantum computing, right? All computers are still in ones and zeros. Oh, I see. What quantum computing aims to do is add an like an an infinite variable. 
That's what they're trying to do. I see. But that, like I'm saying... That's such a deep rabbit hole. Yeah, I feel like we could go on that, but... Also, I'm yeah. not close to smart enough to even oh, dude. comprehend. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. Well, thank you. Yeah. I promise you I'm not. <laughs> and you know what, Brian? Well, no, see, I don't think you are. Yeah, but like, the drummers, <laughs> true, but drummers, they have a different, it's a different smarts. Tanner Drummer. <clears throat> Tanner Drummer. It's a whole different thing. I don't know why I've kept that username, but I just, I rolled with it. Tanner Drummer. It's like, this is what it is, bro. Yeah. Yeah. No AI there. <laughs> not yet. Until I can figure it out. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. uh, apart from AI, uh, what didn't write your album yeah. was AI. True. It was all Brian himself. True. So congrats, man. That's Thank awesome. You. Yeah, I appreciate that. Your, full is it full length or EP length? Well, it's an EP. Okay. Uh, which even people are saying, okay, people releasing six songs today, nobody does that anymore, right? They're single, 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 singles. Mm. But I really wanted to approach this as a full work. Right, one through six, yeah. I love that. Yeah, and it's meant to be listened to all the way through, which I know it's going to be hard to get people to listen to more than one song, but, you know, I really wanted to approach it like that. Like, it was important for me to do it so that I could feel like, dude, this is a full work. Well, yeah. Yeah. The singles game is interesting. I understand it from a marketing approach totally but i get very stoked when i've maybe only heard one song and and i listen to genres and bands that aren't super popular yeah and not poppy they're not in that realm of hey we're trying to be on the radio right Mm -hmm. but i get very excited when i've maybe only heard like i was saying one song and then oh my gosh, there's 12 new songs. There's yeah. 15 new songs yep. to listen to. But mm-hmm. as you know, yeah, the, the the game right now is like, hey, we're pushing four or five singles over six months. And then yeah. that seventh or eighth month, they're like, hey, here's a full 10 or 12 songs, but you've heard at least half of them. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. like that. It's, you know, the beauty of the album, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to really let a whole chunk of songs sink in rather than just one. I don't know. I, I honestly think longer works are better for the soul. That's I agree. just Yeah. I totally agree. Do do songs go into each other at all? Is it concept based or anything? Not really. Okay. So the the I think the hard part and the challenge that I've always faced is, bro, I love this record. I love this song, but I also love this other record that's in a completely different realm. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been cursed with influences from too many different places. And it's always been my goal to try to put all those influences into a single work. I think I'm getting better at putting them into like one song. Right you know, to release like these are, this is a mixture of all my influences, but still this time it had to be six. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm working on it, but, but, but yeah. you said that even since you've finished and this has been quite a long process for you. Oh yeah. 
yeah. doing these six songs. Mm-hmm. When, when did you really like commit to this and say, I'm recording six songs, I'm going to put an EP out? Like what month or year was that? Yeah, you know, I think it was, it was two years ago, mm-hmm. approximately. I was in Florida feeling like I, um, and as much as I met some and made some relationships out there that I value, um, I was feeling like I couldn't, I had a very hard time connecting with anyone. Um, and so it was in those moments of struggle that I was like, okay, I'm going to start some new songs and cause I feel like I have something to say right now. I'm going to start some new songs and I'm not going to stop like with the artistic evolution of these songs until it stands up to like next to the, my, my influences and next to ev- kind of everything else happening in the world. And, and really that I could stand behind it and be like, this is the best it could possibly, that I can possibly do. Mm-hmm. Do you know, you know what I mean? Like that was the agreement I made with myself. And even in the songs I've recorded since I recorded these songs, they're a little bit more like I'm letting those go a little bit more, just like let those free mm-hmm. into the world easier. But these songs was kind of like a turning point. I was like, I'm going to get to where I want to be in my craft with these songs. Yeah. So, so as a, since this was all self-produced, correct? Yes. Oh yeah. In and if you don't mind me adding, there uh, everything on the record is only me. That's awesome. nobody else touched, wrote, mixed, mastered anything. I did the whole thing. This project is truly you. It's all me, bro. That's super cool, though. So I, I guess I I really do love that because yeah, the songs are exactly how you imagine them. Well. It's as close, I think, as like I humanly could possibly get them to that point. Yes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like yes, not exactly, but dude, I really worked hard to like bring it to that point. So, well, because you you showed me some samples um, that were mostly finished, prom- dude, quite early this year, eight or nine months ago. It was yeah. only a couple months after I had met you. Okay, so, yeah, and I was super impressed at. First of all, songwriting, truly. Thank but you. the production of it, you're like, yeah, I'm just doing this in my space. And I was like... Yeah. Which, I mean, yes, I understand. Like, I can kind of do a similar thing, but how good of quality it sounds. Oh, I mean, you. it sounds like you you went to a studio in LA and, and did it. Oh, know? yeah, I did. I spent like a million five. <laughs> I spent Good luck. so much money. <laughs> 1.5 on six songs. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see yeah. what your return is. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure yeah. it's been done before. Um, so, I mean, what was your... What was your takeaway with this being the first time to really buckle down and put this much work into it? Is it something that... Did it burn you out? Did it... Oh, yeah. It did. Well... Absolutely. There were, there were so many moments of despair, specifically when it came to finalizing. I was, you know, I really didn't, I wasn't sure, but thanks to a few of my mentors that I've leaned on really heavily, uh, they kind of got me through, 
kind of through that that point, but it was um, very a, a time of personal growth too. So any time I think anyone approaches something in their life and says, I'm going to do this the very best that I can, mm-hmm. what starts to happen is all of these, this light starts to be, um, you illuminate what's in the way is what I'm trying to say. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? And yeah. sometimes, and for me specifically, that happens several times where I'm like, this is something not artistically I need to change, but something within me that is literally blocking my success. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how long we hold on to that kind of stuff, but it's something like this. And I, I'm thinking about athletes for some reason, something like this, that if you want to do your very best at something, there are things you have to let go. Yeah. So. Do you know what that was for you? Well, I think it was a mixture of a lot of things. And I'm I'm kind of like, I'm at that point where I'm like, do we have time for this? <laughs> I get it, man. Do we have time to go through it? But it was, I think that um, I'm going to try to be concise here in a way that might be helpful for people listening. Well, and, and, and before you get into it, <clears throat> this is important because you're you're putting your your feelings and and your inner thoughts into a piece of music and then releasing it to the world. Yeah. That's that's hard to do, I think. Oh yeah. Like I would be almost embarrassed to release songs of mine because people can read into that and be like, "Whoa, what's going on with your life?" So Oh yeah. So being able to kind of drop maybe those insecurities and stuff um is important to then share that. Totally. Well, let me, let me like back up a little yeah. bit. Cause I think this is, might be relevant to your, uh, to the business that you're in As I always tell people, they're like, well, what do you do for a living? You know? And currently what I do for a living is I'm paid to show up as the most vulnerable guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram bio. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like people pay me to show up, open my mouth and become vulnerable. There's actually something psychology that happened or psychologically that happens when you are the most like when you are expressing the most vulnerability in the room it makes other people relaxed in a way mm-hmm. do you understand what i'm saying when i'm coming in and just volunteering i'm going to be the vulnerable one here other people become relaxed and make you know it kind of like disarms your defenses right. in a certain way so anyways i think that being sitting with my vulnerabilities is a very short way of saying a big part of my personal progress throughout doing this was was getting very comfortable in my vulnerabilities and not Good. hiding them in lots of different ways that ended up you know making it very hard for me to make any new connections because I wasn't able to do that right so that that's just an example of the type of prog- progress I've made, I feel like personally, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great answer. So, like okay. getting, <laughs> getting like, comfortable in your insecurities and your vulnerability. vulnerability. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah. So I'll probably do a little bit of post 
production edit stuff, but let's uh, listen to part of the first song in the album. Yeah, let's do it. Called? It's called Don't Freak Don't Out. Don't Freak Out. Okay. Yeah. Is there a certain uh, seconds you want me to play here or no, just I mean, go from the top? Yeah, go from the top. You know, it evolved, especially uh, this first song. Yeah, it evolves a lot. I paused it. Sorry. That's right. Post production, baby. Tasty. That's hot. <laughs> There's almost like a. It's almost like EDM ish. Yeah. But in such an acoustic setting. That's right. Yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta tune in for the full experience. Yeah. That's rad, man. Thank you. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you. That's there's so many cool sounds going on, and yeah. it's organic but electronic, and the double vocal thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> well done. Appreciate that. Thank you. What instruments? So obviously, I know you played everything on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would love to know what do you think is your biggest musical uh weakness that that Dude, was that oh, was no. hard to apply to the album bro that's a great question um the weakness um okay this is okay so it's i went through a pretty intensive training on mastering mm -hmm. throughout this whole thing and you would be surprised that in the mastering phase is some of the most important decisions that are made as far as capturing the emotion of the record. And for me, and this is very interesting, I found that there is a frequency range that I shy away from okay. because it is the most pronunciated of the frequency range. And so specifically in like being uncomfortable and being vulnerable for it to be that like I didn't in my mastering previously I had shied away from that frequency because I was afraid to be too pronunciated with my art if that makes any sense I know that was yeah. kind of poetic but um definitely the weakness that I approached big time because I have 10 albums of stuff the weakness was in my mixing and mastering of this record. Okay. And I spent countless hours making sure that this was a uh, 
transitional project as far as audio engineering is concerned for me. So, so when you're mastering, yeah, um, inform me because I've never totally. attempted to master something, yeah, at least professionally. Yeah. <laughs> um, does that really come down to just overall levels throughout a song for every single channel or instrument, for the lack of a, a better term? Um, so mastering is literally putting, uh, you know, affecting the stereo, the final stereo mix. So you only have two channels that you're dealing with rather than like 24 in a mix session. Mastering is all about taking that final mix and bringing it to, you know, bringing it to the correct emotional frequency spectrum for that song and that record but also making sure that it stands up next to everything else happening in the world like have you ever had a song on spotify where like this just sounds quieter than everything else that i was listening to for the past there's actually an art to get it to those parameters um to where it stands up next to everything without distortion without changing like the vibe of the song Uh, But then also there are creative decisions in the mastering process too. There's like, well, do I want this to be, you know, like, what do I, do I want this to have that fat low end or is it more like a, like a tingy indie record, you know, like there's different emotional decisions you can make with the the master as well. But so you're mastering song completed song by song, but it's your left, right channel stereo. Yes. But there's also a consistency checks in mastering too so if you're doing a full 12 song album Mm -hmm. the mastering engineer will switch back and forth between those 12 songs a lot to make sure that like oh this song like why does that just have a different spectrum you know uh different what why does that sound different i'm trying to be yeah. Well, of course. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't want one song to sound completely different or different actual like overall final level Balance. than everything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there a? I obviously know nothing about mastering. <laughs> um, so so you're informing me. Um, are you putting master EQs as well, or does? Yes. So there okay. there is a lot to it. There's a lot to it. Yeah. Um, EQ is is one of the main things, definitely making sure the EQ balances. But then once you put like compression and different things on the ask. master, it can then change the EQ balance, mm-hmm. you know, or there's different things you can do to fill in the holes. There's upwards, downwards compression. There's a lot to it. Right. Um, but there also can be very little to it depending on the record, right? So right. it really depends on what you're going for, but it, it is an art form and uh, the mastering engineers, the really good ones, are more like painters than they are like mixing engineers or like songwriters. Right. They they have a different vibe. People who only do mastering have a very different vibe. It's because, a different. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, that's right. That's totally true because you know you, you hear at, with musicians and 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 people coming out with albums. It's like, oh, we sent it off to mastering. Yeah. That's yeah. a very widely used term in the industry, and mm-hmm. it's not just yeah. like, I'm just going to master it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sending it to my mixing buddy. It's like you're yeah. sending it off to mastering. To get mastered, yeah. Is, is a term that's that that I've heard used so many times that 
makes me automatically know there's a very small specific group of people that are yes. talented enough to do that. So you taking that on yourself, bro. Oh, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, do, I do everything. I mean, I do appreciate you, you know, enlightening that. So yeah. you sense it off to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I sent it to myself. And there is something to be said for like compartmentalizing the skills, mm-hmm. right? So I'm a mastering engineer today. You know what I'm saying? Kind of vibes. Yeah. That, yeah. So. But your ears also need to, I feel like, be fresh and in the right state of mind. And, yes. Because even when I'm just mixing yeah. something so amateurly, is that a word, amateurly? In an amateur way. I have to take breaks and come back and be like, what was I thinking when I mixed that? Mm-hmm. Because I know yeah. that doesn't sound right, but then you give it a full 12 hours, you go to sleep, you come back in the morning, your ears are very fresh, and, totally. and you hear something that you didn't. Yeah. Um, so I can only imagine that when you recorded it, wrote it, recorded it, recorded it, mixed it, mastered it, how many, I'm sure it was a mind fuck, <laughs> Dude. to say the least. yes. Yes, I was over and over again. Exhausted. Yeah, yep. And it takes a lot of patience because like right now, you know when you get working on a project, like I want to finish this project, sometimes it's like I can't finish this today. Yeah. My ears are too tired. I'm not in the right. So uh, I'll have to invite you over. My mom is very good in the garden. Okay. Okay. And if there's anything I've learned about gardening is that your mindset before you approach your garden is super important. Okay. Right? Are you feeling like you need this to grow right now? Mm-hmm. You know, or are you willing to be patient and let the plants speak to you? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, everything that I plant over. dies. So. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that so plant at the, the front door that looks like it's dead because it is dead? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, guys generally don't have, you know. I plant something and go, grow. <laughs> Wait, I have to water it? <laughs> yeah. It needs sun? Yeah, yeah. That's dumb. I'll buy a fake plant. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's um, let's take a look at... Here's what I want to do. I want to yeah. take a look at one more song. Sure. Uh, a snippet. Sure. And then at the very end, after we say our goodbyes, I'll uh, put a, another song that we won't really talk over and just yeah. let it play. Um, okay. But as far as when your album is released, what's the date? October 1st. Yeah, it's lined up October 1st, long time coming. I remember telling friends a year and a half ago, oh, it'll be done in like two or three months. Nope. <laughs> and I told you a couple times, I was like, oh yeah, next month. That was like six months ago. But October 1st, October 1st is the date. Um, really just feeling good about letting it out into the world. So Good. Yeah. What's the next uh, track you want to look at? Well, okay, so would you like, should we... Uh, well, let's do do one off this album. So let's do, so let's do uh, just to show the contrast. Let's do Lucky Star because that's cool. a very different vibe. So cool. Let's listen to yeah. it. I think this is the one you showed me in your car. I probably did, yeah. This was like, yeah. Look up and show me which one's your favorite star. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Pause, 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 <laughs> pause, pause. How did you play Pedal that? Pedal steel, bro. I got one. Really? No. Okay. Was it? No, that that legitimately, and I, I want, that was a, a, a pedal steel loop pack. Okay. Thank so you. I found one in the right key. I'm just, I'm just, look, I'm not going to be, I could, I could very well, you know, I hired a, a pedal steel <laughs> player from Nashville for 300 bucks an hour. No, it was, it was a loop pack. Well, so did yeah. you did you think about doing that, or did? And there's no shame in this. I mean, yeah. did, did you? Uh, what am I trying to ask? Did you have any points where you're like, ah, I can't do this. I'm gonna hire somebody to play this. But then you went back and you're like, No, I want to say that I played everything on this record besides any loops. You know, there was there was never a point. I feel so confident in my. Um, understanding of the landscape of sounds that I can find and where to find them that honestly uh and being an accomplished instrumentalist myself I have no problem being like you know because there are people getting paid good monies for those loot packs you know I bought the loot pack that person got royalties from that um and so I, I don't really feel bad about that you should I mean look I would love to have the excess you know what I'm saying? To be yeah. able to like have an experience with a real musician, I would love that. But I I just d- didn't have the budget. At oh, this I understand. Point, you know what I mean? But like, oh man, would I? Hell yeah! I would invite. I would fly some guy out from Nashville, best pedal steel player, and he would just sing it. Yeah. You know what I'm pedal saying? Make that thing sing. A so. Wild talent. Yeah, when it's, I've played oh, it's along yeah. pedal steel players and country bands that have been in. I sat down at a friend of mine, Mike Smith, probably the most well-known in Arizona. But pedal steel, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Not only is it pedals up and down, and you're using both hands, uh, also there's, for those of you that don't know, knee switches. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're moving your knee left to right <laughs> yeah. at the same time of pushing up and down. So like you oh, think yeah. drummers have four way independence. You basically have six way independence being yeah. a pedal steel player. Dude. I sat down at it one time and I was like, I literally don't know where to begin. Yeah. It was like, Bring! that sounds nice. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, it is, it is a, Oh man, I love the pedal steel. It's such a gorgeous instrument. Yeah, it really is. Um, okay. I want to listen to like another 30 seconds of this. Yeah. I love that bass sound. Oh yeah, crunchy. Brian himself. (laughs) 
Yeah. Who, who would you say? I'm so high tech over here. It's fading out things manually. Oh, hey, making it work. It you is know what, what I mean? it is. Yeah. Until I get a a Jamie sitting behind <laughs> or any producer. That'd yeah. be great. Uh, if, if we're looking for a producer, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can't pay you. <laughs> um, Internship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you have so many different mu- musical influences yeah. from different genres. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy for anybody listening to somebody's music pretty much for the first time be like, this sounds like this. Oh, this sounds right. like this. Um, maybe growing up or even just nowadays, who are the artists and or bands that you continue to come back to that are just not necessarily influences for the album, but just influences in general? Like that'll always come back to? Yes. Man, okay. Well, always come back to and then your newest. My newest? Well, among some of my... I'll start with like some some iconic American influences mm-hmm. and then I'll go a little bit more indie. Yeah. Uh, but for sure, Tom Petty and Bob Marley are like, I've always listened to them. Cool. I, it's like, there's just something about the authenticity of what's going on in those records and like the production. Love it. I hear, I, so I gotta say, I hear Tom Petty and the guitar tone on that song. Yeah. Right. That it's milky like overdrive. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Um, now, Jimmy Eat World was a super big influence of mine back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate to be cliche with this, like, but before everyone else liked them. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, Jimmy Eat World, I had a lot of like kind of punk rock emo influence in my younger years. Okay. Um, and so definitely in this song, you can kind of hear that 90s kind of rock influence. But then it's also... Um, truthfully, that drum track was highly influenced by more of a soul uh, pentameter. You know, I don't, yeah. even, I don't even know if I'm using that that uh, word correctly. But um, so, yeah. But but then these days, you know, and getting into DJing and stuff, I've been getting into a lot of house music. Uh, there's this guy Fiji Blue that I just can't get enough of. He's like, it's poppy, kind of housey. You know, cool stuff. Um, you know, I actually really like Harry Styles. Same. You know, I, I just really appreciate what he's doing. You know, like white people not taking themselves too seriously. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just, man, it's just like, I just appreciate it. Like, he, you know, like he's doing what Mick Jagger did very successfully for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know? He really he, is. Yeah. So I... I also, really appreciate that. One of the best live shows I've been to. Oh yeah, for sure. Like yeah, it's a it's a blast in a party atmosphere, but with like not so much party music. Yeah, um, I'm glad you said that because I, <laughs> I've never liked being the person that's like I like all the most popular artists and that's it, which yeah. I don't at all. But Harry Styles is definitely like the outlier for me. Like he's wildly uh, popular. Yeah. Just very well known, obviously from one direction to his solo stuff. Yeah. (laughs) But 
I mean, I won't name names. There are artists that I hear that I'm like, how did you get popular? Yeah. I give every piece of credit to him in, in those songs. Um, I, I just think they're very wholesome and, and really great in every way. Um, yeah. To, to, to be in the quote-unquote pop genre. Yeah. You know? I'm so glad yeah. that people love Harry Styles' music because yeah. I, I think it is like organically needed. Agreed. I think he takes such a nice place mm-hmm. in the industry, for sure. I agree. Yeah. I kind of hear, I'm not going to lie, I kind of hear some like Kings of Leon and what I've heard yeah. so far. Definitely like a 90s rock yeah. influence. So believe it or not, Rage Against the Machine is one of my all-time faves as well. I know that's aging me there. So Rage Against the Machine. Um, yeah, but a lot of those, you know, uh, kind of 90s rock and roll, you know, Black Hole Sun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Chris Cornell. Man. What a stuff loss. Stuff like that. Yeah. God. I know. That one's still hard to almost get yeah. over. Him and Chester for me from Linkin Park were like, they were still producing such great, I mean, I'm not saying that like, <laughs> If you passed away and you were yeah. producing good music, like, eh, that sucks. But I'm just saying, like, that's yeah. what I was. I mean, I was very into Audio Slave. And, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Probably even way more into Linkin Park. And so those two for me were just like, God, man, like, you still yeah. in your prime, you know? Yeah. Totally. But yeah, I hear all that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, there's lots of, lots of jazz influence, too, that you'll hear because. I mean, I love jazz music. Joe Pass is my favorite guitarist. You know, he's a jazz guitarist. Um, and also, I did musical theater for years. So, so there's even some influence of, like, the way that musical theater, you know, that's, that, that seeps in somehow, you know? Yeah. And, then, and then quite a bit of old school hip-hop as well. Like I, Tribe I feel, Called Quest. Yeah. That whole thing, dude, back then, I w- that was my jam. I feel uh, like I can hear that influence on... The percussive elements. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Like just the sounds that you're using and stuff mm-hmm. like that, whether they're loops or you actually played them and then whatever. Um, but but I definitely hear that. And yeah. I, and I dig that. Oh, yeah. Um, let's yeah. end with a song that's just played out as much as you want it to be. Sure, yeah. Um, so let's kind of end the podcast, but I want you to take an opportunity to say anything else and, and plug the record, um, social media, all that stuff. Cause I want people to listen to this when it comes out. Totally. Yeah. Let's plug it. Plug it. Yeah. Plug it. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> do you not know your own social media? <laughs> oh, you, oh, you want me to I actually want you to plug it. Oh yeah. So social Brian Wilkinson music, uh, at Brian Wilkinson music with an I Brian Wilkinson music. You know, that's, that's where you're going to find it. I'm, you know, I'm going to let the release process kind of evolve the way that it's going to evolve. I don't really know exactly how I'm going to promote this or anything, but I'll probably do like a pre-save maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like that. But really, I'm just very interested in um, making this release all about, you know, uh, kind of my the people that are currently in my network. Um. And then as time goes on and that I start releasing more music, because I've, I've already recorded seven more songs, I start releasing more music, it'll be more consistent and more targeted towards 
like people I haven't met before, but um, I just feel like it'll be a softer release mainly to respect, you know, the people who have helped me to get to this yeah. point. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It, it'll be so. nice to just have, is this your first music out on a platform? Oh, no. Okay, you have a no, lot of No, yeah, stuff. I've been releasing on platforms for many, like 15, 20 years okay. maybe. Okay, okay. Yeah, but this is definitely uh, my most anticipated. Good. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, Well, what song do you want to let it play yeah, out? Yeah, okay, let's do... Um, you know, let's just do the, let's do, uh, uh, want to be with you. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's, it's a good ballad ending. Cool. Uh, kind of showcase a little bit different of a vibe. So cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being here, man. Dude. Thank you, Tanner. Oh man. We've had great. a great friendship thus far and it's yeah. been great to get to know you. Uh, we go to the same gym. So yeah. That's cool. I see you at the gym. <laughs> see you killing it over there. <laughs> um, but yeah, October 1st, Brian's new record will be coming out and entitled um, east west east west yeah cool well this was great exposure my name's tanner brian again and we'll see you next time see you next time
that dress, sweet touch in the desert storm, and a fresh squeeze of your chloroform. Got a day that I'd probably leave this town. Wanna be with you all night. Wanna be with you all day. Wanna be with you all night and every day. Wanna be with you all night. Wanna be with you all day. Wanna.